All right, we are live with another episode of The Event Hustlers here on Facebook Live. For those of you who are joining for the first time, my name is Liz King Caruso, and I'm super excited to have an amazing guest on with us today, Donville Collins from VCast. Um, Donville, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited, and I'm so glad to be a part of this show, because I know it's, it's, it's making moves and making boundaries, hitting boundaries, so I'm excited. So I'm a little nervous to do this Facebook Live with Donville because he is the king of Facebook Lives. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more later. Um, but Donville and I met several years ago. How many years has it been now? Maybe. It's been a long time. Is it like seven? Maybe seven. Yeah. Um, I remember specifically, I don't know. Some people I remember very specifically like when I met them and others I don't. But I remember meeting you at a Starbucks for the very first time I think, <laughs> across from Kelly's apartment because we were working on at Kelly, who's one of our team members at the time. Ed and mm -hmm. I were working there and we're like, hey, can you meet us at the Starbucks across the street? <laughs> and I remember meeting you and learning all about VCast. And it's been like bliss ever since then. We've worked together yeah. on a few projects and we were just talking before we went live. We both moved to the same town, like in the same month here oh, in yeah. New York. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I obviously know you from several years of getting to know you. But why don't you just introduce yourself to the people who are watching and that way they get to know you as well. All right, cool. So um, so hi, everyone. Nice to meet you all. Um, my name is Donald Collins. I'm the CEO um, of VCast and essentially... Um, I've been doing um, all sorts of visual and technology content for virtually all my life, really starting businesses as early as 13 years old and um, just has constantly sort of developed in different ways. But my passion is really on engaging people using visuals and technology and, and connecting to people emotionally and ultimately getting them to take the desired action. And that can get someone to respond emotionally and take action based on that emotion. That's that's my passion. And um, our company, VCast, is built on that. Um, really from doing video production, which is, as we'll talk about, is a big part of what we do, both from producing videos for events, as well as um, for nonprofits, for corporations and, and commercials as well as from the technology side, as Liz knows, and, and what we love doing as well is providing interactive, engaging technology for events that people get excited about, excited about using during an event and ultimately get them to participate and, and take desired actions. So it's passions and I love it. So you're a lifelong entrepreneur. One of those people who just kind of, you know, you experience, you're like passionate about something or you experience something and then you always have that mind, right? To turn it into how could this be a business? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so what was your first business when you were 13 years old? So when I was 13, I was, so I, I don't know if you know this, Liz, but I, I play uh, five instruments. So, <laughs> so five. between the saxophone, uh, the, the piano, the bass guitar, the drums, and um, and a little bit of guitar too. I because my dad was a touring musician um, when I was younger, so I think it just ended up happening. Yeah. But ultimately, um, uh, once I realized I knew how to play a few instruments, I knew how to play. I think at least at the time I felt pretty decently well. I said, okay, well, how can I make some money off of this? And I said I started reaching out to all the kids 
that were in my church and said, I'll train you, but you have to ask your parents if you if they can pay me. Awesome. For free. So that was the first business. It was me just, I literally had a, a class of about five kids and every week I was training them. And that was my first little mini business. Um, and then after that, um, I started a computer repair business because uh, during the time when my parents bought a computer, it was kind of a time where not a lot of people had computers. And my parents bought a computer. We were the only ones in that in the on that street in that little neighborhood that had a computer, and I broke it. <laughs> the first one that we had, and then they bought a replacement, and I broke the second, and then they bought a replacement again, and I broke the third. But <laughs> by the time they bought the third one, I figured out how to fix all these broken computers that had broken. So then I said, that's when everyone else started getting computers in the neighborhood. So when they had issues, I said, I could fix it for $60, $80. I'll fix your computer. Sure. So those were, those was my first few pre-adult businesses. That's um, so funny. Your parents are very generous. If I broke one of my computers, I wasn't getting another one. Oh, I still ask them to this day, why did you guys tolerate this? I don't understand. I, I wouldn't tolerate that. No, and back then, computers were even more expensive. Oh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, well, I'm definitely of the same mentality. Here's something you probably don't know about me. My first business, we used to live in Ohio, and we had this like big lawn that went down to a river and the river was very popular for like kayakers and canoes. So we would go to like, I don't know if it was Costco, but the version of Costco. And then we would scream from the, from our lawn, ice cold pop 50 cents. And we would sell sodas and waters and snacks. People would pull their kayaks onto our property and we would sell them things. And I was probably like, probably eight or nine years old. Oh, wow. You were a shark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wow, the same way. So cool. You do something that you love, and then you're like, the question you asked, all good people ask, how do I make money from this? <laughs> <laughs> so how did you come up with VCast? Like, where was the start of that? So the start of that VCast came out of, um, so even like when we met, I think it was maybe a, a little over a year or about a year after really getting, the, getting it going. But essentially, the name came off. Um, pretty much, I've been doing video production pretty much um, most of my life, also since 13. And um, uh, when I was doing the business aspect um, and just doing videos, and in the very beginning, doing a lot of wedding and um, um, social event content, um, weddings and mitzvahs and sweet 16s and, and et cetera. And then um, once I pivoted out of that, was doing primarily only corporate, not doing any any social events at all. But then essentially, um, in the process of doing a lot of corporate events as well, then I noticed every time you would go to these, these corporate events, whether it's networking or conferences and so, I would see them have throughout the, the venue, big screens, whether 65 inch or 60 inch screens throughout the venue that would be looping PowerPoints. And at the time I felt like, uh, they're renting money, renting these screens, and then they're looping PowerPoints on it that no one, no one is paying attention to. Yeah, and it's just like so. I felt like this is a complete waste of money. It's otherwise, and it looking cool, it felt like a really big waste of money. So, um, I the idea came into my mind of um, what can we do to 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 provide an aspect of for people at the event to have something that they are interested in 
to give them a reason to look at the screen, but then at the same time still provide a means for those ads or those loops to still play, but it's in conjunction with something that is interactive. That meaning something that people actually want to look at the screen. So after sort of coming up with the idea and building um, an initial technology um, and saying, okay, well, this needs to be branded separately because the video production business is completely different um, is because the, the video production business, as you may or may not know, is Debo Media Inc. Um, and that's always been the registered business name. But then um, for this, I said, it needs to be different. So we branded it VCAS and it pretty much meant um, uh, it, it was something where we actually wanted it to be V-E-E-C-A-S-T or V-C-A-S-T, but at the time we found out that Verizon owned the trademark for it. So I said, okay, well, we'll just make it unique and we'll make it a K and make it a V. But it's essentially the V comes from video, but it's from pretty much video casting onto screens, but using the visual aspect of that. So that's where it came from. Not a crazy story, but um, somewhat unique. Well, I feel like that's how pretty much all good businesses are born. Where yeah. you're looking at something and saying, this could be done so much better. And then you create it, you know, and that's, we used it for many of our Taxi Talk events. And it's amazing, you know, and I've talked to so many clients who say, I like explain what it is. And they're like, oh, you know, it's almost like no one thinks about the fact that like a screen can do more than one thing. Yeah. <laughs> you can have you're looping video and some sponsors at the bottom and a Twitter feed on the one side and it can yeah, yeah. so much functionality, but really it's not unless you're using Vcast. Yeah, yeah. People don't think about that. And then, I mean, you built a business off of it. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, within the first few, first couple of years of doing it, it became more than, uh, at the time, more than half the revenue of, of the business. So it was, it was very interesting because I, I knew that it had some potential, but, um, and, I knew it did because literally when the idea came to me, it came to me sort of like a slap in the head. Uh -huh. I remember I was walking out of, uh, we were renting from Regis in White Plains on Main Street. And uh, at the time it was the end of the day and I was walking out the door and there's like two glass doors. So before you get outside and I walked past the first one and then right before I got to the second one, the idea literally just slapped me in the head. And I stopped and I was like, what in the world? <laughs> and then I literally turned around, went back upstairs, and then banged out a whole concept, the programming direction of like, what would make this part work like this? What are the variables? What are the if, ands, and buts um, to make this thing work? And then once I kind of, and then came up with the name that same night, and then said, okay, now what do, what do I need to do? Then just spent the next couple months building it. And it, it, I knew it was a hit home run because just because of, uh, how fast it came in yeah. my mind. We were literally, so you know, I have that Ignite group. Um, and so we just had our call right before this and we were talking about just sometimes how you've been thinking about a concept for a really long time or mm -hmm. at least a need for a really long time. And then it's like, all of a sudden it hits you. I had this experience a few weeks ago. There's been something I wanna launch, but I haven't figured out like, how and you know what are the pieces and how does it work together and what's the money you know the money behind it and whatever and then i drove to vermont for a speaking engagement and you know it's six hours there six mm -hmm. hours back. oh wow suddenly, similar thing it just hits you you're like <laughs> you know and then you can't stop thinking about it it's like obsessive and you start working on it and it might take months to bring it to fruition yeah but it's that moment that you're like okay i finally got it <laughs> you, know? you do what i do like wait especially when i'm driving like, I don't know if you're like me, I hate driving because I feel like during that time, 
there's nothing that can be done, no work. I feel like it's an absolute waste of time. I'm one of those people where as soon as I, I, I'm a, a multi-multi-millionaire, I'm sure I'm going to have a person. You're going to have driver. a driver, sure. <laughs> yeah, because I just hate it. But um, I do this thing, like when ideas come in my mind and I'm driving where I like, I'll say, hey, Google, start voice recording. And I'll just yes. <laughs> start recording everything. And I'll have, I have all these long memos in my phone from driving. Do you do that? Yeah. Yes, I, so I do that. Plus, so I actually like driving. I don't mind it, but I have made it as as optimal as possible. So I use the Google voice, well, the voice recording on, I use iPhone mm -hmm. um, for writing all my blogs because I'm just mm. like in the car. So I just talk them out and it voice transcripts them. Oh, and no. then when I get to the office, I just edit them real quick and post them. <laughs> like I'm publishing content while driving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. That's that's the technology and it comes into handy comes in handy so great. Yeah. So I mean, so both of your businesses really feed each other to some extent, right? Because you have an event production client that's using the technology and then I'm sure they see your video production. Yeah. Like I need more of that. I mean, of course there's probably not complete overlap. Like I would imagine I've seen you guys do some really cool videos lately for like restaurants. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine they're not necessarily using the VCAST technology or are they? Yeah. So they're not. So as of now, and is one of the things you, you um, I'm sure you know as well, but um, we, we pretty much a few years ago merged the brand just into VCAST and we represent ourselves as VCAST because ultimately a lot of the clients were using both anyway, especially yeah. in the event space. We do a lot of video, we produce a lot of videos that are for event features. Where sometimes it's big announcements, kind of like the one you did for for the last sexy talk live, yeah. And um, and we do them for conferences, major associations, and different things. So, producing the content for that the feature video they're going to display at the event is a big part of what we do. But as well as we're doing the a lot of the times those technologies, and it's not always the player, right? So the multiplayer is, is that that first technology, but the technology that we, we're using most of the time now is the fundometer and that's primarily of course for nonprofits and um um the the player is the multiplayer is used within that a sort of conjunction but a few years ago since there's sort of all this overlap and at least from an internal perspective trying to tell everyone that hey we're debo media but i also do vcas and this whole confusion we realized i well i realized that it, it didn't really make sense and then i had a couple of uh, mentors that uh, as well that said to me, look, you should just make it one. They're different services. They all really ultimately have the same vision, the same goal, which for me is engaging people using visuals and emotions mm -hmm. with, with video or with technology or what have you. They all so ultimately a few years ago we ended up merging it into just VCast, and we do video production and and the technology. It's still difficult sometimes because they're two very different services. <laughs> but um, especially when someone knows you for one thing and they don't know you for the other, or someone yeah. is checking you out to hire us for for one thing and then they see something else on the website, you wanna you know you wanna find out well what do you do best? We do them both with both very different businesses, but many of the businesses we work with use both. But so, it's got um, to be a lot easier for like marketing, you know, accounting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two totally different, I mean, like you said, there are some issues that still overlap, but yeah, yeah it's a lot easier yeah. than running two completely separate companies. <laughs> We've done recently, and we're, we're, we give them, 
and especially when you're trying to um, close a new deal, we give them, this is what this costs, and this is what this costs. If you merge them together, we can bulk it and make it more um, a, a better deal, if you will, but they're two different things. And we always, I like to give them to them, give it to people in that vein, because then they can actually compare it apples to apples to someone else that only does one of those things. Right, yeah. If giving them the whole thing, they might look at it and say, okay, well, this is, seems like a lot. So in general, it's always it's always sort of some level of overlap, but I can't stop doing both because they both are very significant, <laughs> and and we and I love doing both of them. I've always, as I mentioned, I think the background was really good because I've always been a technology guy, and I I became a TV producer actually at 13, 13 years old as well. So I so all of that it's it all kind of happened all at the same time, and they've always both been a big part of everything I do. You were a mover and shaker at 13. I was like, <laughs> your puberty. <laughs> I'm looking at boys. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what was what I was thinking, but I guess I was doing a lot. That's awesome. Um, now, so one of the other things I wanted to talk to you about is that, um, you know, I strongly believe that content marketing is one of the best ways to get your brand out there. And I I mentioned in the beginning that I'm a little nervous to do this interview with you because you have a really good Facebook live series that you've been doing. And I think in general, I mean, obviously you're very talented with video, but um, in general, you do a very good job of engaging people and keeping people excited. I've seen you do some contests and stuff. So I would love to learn, you know, first of all, the role that content marketing has played for you, but also um, any tips and tricks to make this look cooler and to engage and to really get it to reach the goals, which is to educate and connect with people. So, so first of all, I want to congratulate you on on really doing a good job of getting this going and doing a good job because <laughs> the first thing, of course, that and I heard you talk about this recently too, is just doing it right. I love the Nike uh, slogan: "Is just do it." You know, it's so. Do it. <laughs> so ultimately, I think a lot of people don't end up doing something because they're thinking about they're thinking about the logistics too much and all the details. And I always tell everyone that if you have an idea, just do it and figure out the details later. You know, so congratulations on that with you. Um, for me, for the content side, you know, I I I we started doing this and I love doing it. And um, and you would think as a video company doing this for so long, thirteen years now. As, as a registered business before doing it prior to being an adult at least. But um, you think for, for us, we would have been doing this for much longer, but really it wasn't initially a, um, I guess a priority for us to do it. We like doing it for everyone else, but it's kind of like, you know, you do everyone else's job and you don't do your own, you don't do it on yourself. Yeah. I mean, you always believe it, but just like, I got to focus on everyone else's work, not my own. So, um, but eventually I said to the guys, like, um, I feel like we just need to do this because not only is it going to be um, uh, um, helpful for people to sort of know different things and learn different things about how to use video best and how to take advantage of different things, but it will also help with our own visibility. And I think content marketing, that's the key for it. Now, I'm not going to say that I had this grand strategy going into this. I had the same just do it attitude. I literally yeah. called Daniel, you know, Daniel, our production manager, while I was on the way into the office one day and say, you know, this idea just came to me. And I know we've, we've talked about this before, but instead of trying to plan this all out and 
make it all organized and try to figure out how we're going to get it on all the different platforms and everything. Let's just start something. It could be completely garbage. It completely screw up. But at the end of the day, it would be much better than doing nothing. And one of my big challenges um, are is that is that I don't, I'm not good at writing. And not necessarily like I'm bad at writing, I'm just not good at taking the time to focus on what I'm writing. Sure. I mean, a, a, a talker, a visual person, I, I'm the kind of person that even for education-wise, I would rather hear the reading of a book, right? The eBooks and whatever, than actually read it. And I've always been that way. If I was a little boy, my mother always tried to get me to read like my sister and I was just never interested. I would be the one that is trying to open up the thing, something, a new toy I got just to figure out how it works because I just yeah. can't read. So that's always been my struggle. And I said, well, the blog, every time I, I heard about content marketing and all of that, it was always about writing blogs. And I said, that's not me, I can't do that. And I tried it a few times. And then ultimately I said, you know what? as I was learning and even from mentors, always focus on what you do best and whatever you don't do well, have someone else do it. You know, find um, someone that's, that's their strength and let them do that and whatever is your yeah. strength, focus on that. And I also ultimately said, you know what, I'm just gonna adopt this in terms of the content marketing too. I'm not a writer, not that's not my forte, it bores me. So ultimately I'm just going to make a video, make a fool of myself, make a show of myself in video and then have someone else do the writing. Um, and ultimately, even so, starting it and been doing it a few weeks now, and I, I'm sure you know this too, it's hard to keep it consistent. <laughs> yes. It is, it's very hard, but ultimately it works so well. And just from the shabbiness, I'll call it, and, and I know shabbiness, as you're saying, it might be uh, a relative word because what I may consider shabby might be really high end. Yeah, it looks very nice. <laughs> But um, just from doing it this way, even for the, the, the I think maybe a couple months now we've been doing it for, um, has been really good from a, a business perspective and just for engagement. For the engagement side, it's, it's so good just to keep everyone engaged. But new business out of it has been amazing because now all the people that I connect with um, on these platforms, now I'm getting um, inquiries from people I've known for a long time. And the only reason that they remember or know us is because they, they've been seeing these videos regularly. And then I said, you know, that makes so much sense. And that's why content marketing is so important. It's to keep us on the top of minds of, yes. of people. And, and, and it also being able to share that information that you have so people can take advantage of it themselves. And ultimately at the end of the day, if they can't do what you're sharing, they're going to ask you to help anyway, but you can give away that information for free. But that's the reason we do it full time because this is what, this is our profession, this is what we do. Yeah, I think people often underestimate the value of content marketing. I've definitely yeah. heard people say, like, it's ridiculous to give away your secrets. It's like, you're never, like, I could tell you everything in the world about event planning. Many people just cannot plan their own events. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They can't do it. They're going to call me. But like you said, it's the ability to just stay top of mind, to provide something that's actually of value to people so that they feel like, okay, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. And that's where they go when they have 70 options of other people they could go to. Who do they call? You know, the one that they trust. And yeah. I really believe that people like to see the journey. You know, you were talking about shabby. And yes, we all have different versions of shabby. <laughs> <laughs> it can start 
pretty crappy. I mean, even just, I think this is our fourth episode already. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm starting to learn about things like, oh, I should probably focus on where the light is coming from. So it doesn't look like I'm talking in a tunnel. And (laughs) like just today, I realized, so I use this StreamYard platform. Mm -hmm. You saw, I just realized you can like show people's comments on the screen. Oh, wow. Figure that out accidentally by clicking on one to respond to it. (laughs) I was like, this is so cool. This is cool. Yeah. (laughs) Future. Um, So you don't, you know, it's just like sometimes it's okay to be like, oh, I just learned this new thing and then use it. And then people see the quality get better. I feel like halfway or partway into your series. You like change the camera or something. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is looking like <laughs> professional. So the first time, the first couple of episodes we did, I said, uh, just bring the camera in. And they're they're trying to figure out all the logistics we'd usually do on our on our, yeah. on our client job. And I said, listen, if if you're gonna go through all that detail, this is never gonna get done. Just put the camera there, just turn the camera on, just throw a light on, and let's just do this. Yeah. Now, so the first couple uh, we did, that's that's what we did. And then ultimately, eventually, a couple of weeks later, as I'm looking at the videos, I'm like, no, but this this needs, you know, your 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 passions and your conviction <laughs> kick in. And I'm just like, this needs to step up a bit. It's not it's not right. And that's why it's good to just start because you could always perfect after you figure out the little things. So I, after a while, then I said, no, we need to have a couple of lights in here just to really let people see the kind of work we do but we said let's i said let's make a process so that it doesn't take us a ton of time you could do this every week it's a regular process certain things are always here we just know it's just repeated it's a repeatable thing that it doesn't take much time to get it done so we ended up having some lights we this is actually the same room that we actually film it in as you can see here but Oh, yeah, you well, made we, it a lot fancier. <laughs> yeah. We just essentially, we turn off these lights, the fluorescent lights that are in here. Like, usually, for a new space, it might be something that takes an hour and a half, two hours to kind of get really set up nicely. But because we've sort of made a system, like, we know these LEDs go here, here, and there. A fill light is over there. Key light is over there. Backlight is right over here. Camera's over there on a slider. Camp computers on the table. So like there's two guys now, like every week they know it's their job before um, I need to do the show, get that all set up. So I just come in and go. It's still not perfect, but for the most part, I think now at least it represents more of the kind of work that I I want it to look like. It's pretty good. And you know, you scared me a little bit talking about fill lights and whatever you were talking about. <laughs> I invested in some like ten dollar clip on the laptop. <laughs> you know? That's so good. I, I I saw that when I even looked at some of your recent um, recent ones that I said that I'm glad you're actually taking advantage of that because I noticed that you always seem to. I think the first one I I saw some of the evolution too. So I said I think you're picking up from that. So even like usually even for these. Uh, meetings and we are are these uh sort of online conferences even though i'm having like a zoom meeting i usually don't have it in this room i usually have it in one of our smaller conference rooms but the light is directly above my head so it casts what i call raccoon eyes <laughs> so ultimately i said no i can't do it in there because there's no way in there for it to look good because it's such a yeah. small room in here it's a little bit more controllable uh so yeah it's there's so much to it but <laughs> like I, I said you learn as you go you watch yeah. 
you watch the recording and you're like, wow, that was really bad. Right now <laughs> you need to get new glasses because everything reflects off these. But yeah. you don't want that in the beginning. <laughs> you just kind of one step at a time. But yeah. I think you've done an amazing job with it. And you mentioned that you did a video for us for our last Taxi Talk, which was mm -hmm. amazing. So I'm going to put that in the thread oh, on this good. video so that people can watch it because it was so funny. <laughs> uh, of course, partially Ed coming up with the content, but you guys really executed yeah. in such a great way. Um, and also, you were a fun project. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Um, so, is there, we're almost out of time already. Is there anything else that you wish you could tell people who are watching or you want them to know about how to connect with you or just any kind of last thoughts? Yeah, um, I mean, the big thing, and I, I always share this, and especially being my passions, is um, if you aren't taking advantage of video and I'm not, this is not a pitch in any way, you don't need to hire me or us or any other visual person. I'm my, my point is take advantage of video in some way, shape or form, whether it's live streaming as, as Liz is doing in with this podcast or, or with this, with the event hustlers, as well as, um, uh, what I do with Facebook live streaming is a big thing. One of the reasons I like Facebook and live streaming is that even if someone doesn't watch it during while it's live, it stays in their notifications that you were live. So people are gonna find you afterward. That works really well. And for video in general, right now with everyone's attention span waning, I'm one of those people. Yeah. You know, I just you people are lazy. We and it's it's and it so also kind of goes to as well to time and people's time is really valuable. If they can be able to consume the information that you can provide them in just a couple minutes or a couple seconds and really engage with you and get to know you and to regularly see you, that is so much more impactful um, that I, you know, I always encourage people to do it. And doing it doesn't mean you need to get a professional camera and get you know, professional lights and do it all crazy. The better you can make it is great, but ultimately to have nothing is horrible. I know people that make their entire video series and even doing professional, relatively professional videos with an iPhone, with a Galaxy uh, device. You can be able to get, you can actually get lavalier microphones and connect it to your iPhone or to, um, uh, you know, even a professional mic and connect it. But anyway, is, any way you can get started is the absolute best thing you can do. And ultimately, as you grow that and you start to realize the value of doing it, even if it's on your own, getting an intern or someone to do it for you, when you want to do it professional, then you can give me give me a call. I'd love to help in any way I could. Absolutely. And the content lives forever. Like you yeah. said, once you create it, it keeps serving and selling for you years later. Yeah, definitely. Chop it. Like we have this whole 30 minute interview. I could pull this into 30, 30 second clips, you know, and you yeah. can those in different places and you can embed it into your blog. And it, one piece of content can work for you in so many different ways. Yeah. And yes. When you're ready to hire professional companies, there's some really great companies like yours that can help you do it. And, you know, like, we do this on our own in my office, but when we worked with you for Taxi Talk, I mean, the, the difference is <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Definitely worth hiring someone <laughs> for the right projects. Um, so I'm so glad that we were able to introduce you to the Event Hustler audience. Um, thank you so much for your time. And uh, we'll be back with every other episode on Tuesdays at, at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. 
I just lost track of what time it is, <laughs> to 11 a.m. Eastern. And like Donville said, we're just going to keep doing it and try to make it better every time and bring in some great guests for you to meet. So Donville, thank you so much for being an amazing guest today and sharing all of your expertise with us. Thank you. And and I forgot to say, if you want to follow me on, on any of my social media platforms, I'm always on, on all of them. It's Donville Collins, D-O-N-V-I-L Collins, no space on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook um and youtube and and also vcast so you can vcast has its own social platform so follow me find me and i'd love to see you and i'm gonna put some links to his social channels as well as some of these videos we've been talking about in the thread of this uh facebook video so that you can click and see as well all, all right. right thank you donville have a great day everyone thank you